Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes knows the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. Ephraimites and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Reinbold, and this is the House of Ephraim show today. We do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbold. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God and I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that 
and you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Decker. This is the day that the Lord God has made. Well, let's continue. And uh, as we uh, further our, our, uh, our walk through this thing, let's go to Psalms 105. We're going to, uh, we're going to try, anyway, to get uh, through most of this. Now, Psalms 105, starting in the fifth verse. Remember his marvelous works that he had done, his wonders and his judgments of his mouth. O ye seed of Abraham, his servants, ye children of Jacob, his chosen. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. Now, we talked about that before, being in all the earth, and there it is again. He hath remembered his covenant forever. Now, there again, you need to underline that. He hath remembered his covenant forever. Did it say he'll remember his covenant until his son comes? No. He says, I, I, he said that he hath remembered his covenant. The word which he commanded to a thousand generations. So there again uh, is definite, absolute proof that, that he's going to stand behind this covenant for a thousand generations. Which covenant he made with Abraham, his open to Isaac, and confirmed the same unto Jacob for a law, and Israel for an everlasting covenant. So there's the word everlasting. So actually... As, as the psalmist here is taking us through this, he's covering all of it. He's saying, look, he said, boys and girls, he remembered his covenant forever, it went, he, which he commanded to be for a thousand generations. He said he confirmed the covenant the same to Jacob for a law and to Israel for an everlasting covenant. So it's again, it's everlasting. Now, sometimes people say, well, you know, you take a, you take a scripture, you can't build an entire a piece of doctrine off of, off of scripture off of a scripture. No, you can't. But the, when it confirms, and it goes back after that over and over again, the thing that I like about this is we're walking ourselves back through the Old Testament, as we call it, the Tanakh, that then, bless God, that, that, that we're beginning to see that this is scattered all the way through. Now, by all means, I didn't saturate this thing, and just, you know, that there's, there's, there's a lot of other scriptures that could be used that, that aren't strong, or they coincide to this, and I just didn't use them, try to use them twice. However, this one was close, but I wanted to show you how that at this point in time, boy, he really, he really let it all go when he talked about how in the fact that it was an everlasting covenant, that bless God that it was a covenant to a thousand generations, and bless God it was a covenant forever. Now, again, uh, you can't, uh, you can't deny the Word of God. It comes. Let's go to Psalms 111. Psalms 111. Praise ye the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. The works of the Lord are great, sought out of them, of all them that have pleasure therein. His work is honorable and, and glorious, and his righteousness endureth forever. He hath made his wonderful works to be remembered. Wow. He's made these wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. Thank God for that. He hath given meat unto them that fear him, meat unto them that fear him, food unto them that fear him. He will ever be mindful of his covenant. 
Now, this fifth verse can, can pertain unto what we're about to go through. Again, one of the keys, and, 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 and again, there's a, a whole scenario of stuff we can do with, with this thing about fear. You understand that fear is involved here with having the food. You have to fear him. Now, now maybe we can put it in this perspective. If we fear God, and the church tried very diligently to get us to understand that it was, if you're going to fear God, that it's not the shaking and trembling time. It's a reverencing God. Well, that didn't work. Okay, I'm sorry. It didn't work. But if we're going to fear God by simply thinking, okay, if I'm going to do the covenant, and if I covenant unto the Lord God to do that, then if I break that covenant, then bless God, everything that was turned from blessings are going to turn to curses. Now listen, if you were to remember that, if you were to remind yourself of that on a daily basis, I'm going to bet things would turn out better for us. See, I, I, what I'm trying to do is to get you to understand this is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. It's something that we're going to have to do every day of the rest of our life. It's not something to do for, bless God, that we, you know, we get the upper hand on the rest of the church. It's not something to do to, hey, look at us and the game that we play and the things that we do. It's a lifestyle. It's a way of life. It's the way we're going to live the rest of our life. And every day we're going to fear God by saying, wow, I don't want to break the covenant so that I walk in the curses. But if you're not mindful of that, that's the reason, again, that God wants to remind us. That's what these, these tassels are all about to remind us, as I said before, to keep reminding us. So we need to be diligent in the fact of, of reminding ourselves that bless God that, you know, as Israel, we can be on top of things one day and guess what? Under things the next day. Okay? So as we go through this, remember that. Now, now he goes on to say here, ever mindful of his covenant. He will ever mind, be ever mindful of his covenant. He has showed his people the power of his works that he may give them the heritage of the heathen. The works of his hands are Verity and judgment, all his commandments are sure. They stand fast forever and ever and, a, and are done in truth and uprightness. I love the way he said they stand fast forever and ever. They stand fast. He sent redemption unto his people. He hath commanded his covenant forever, holy and revered in his name. Boy, he keeps going back to it. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Wow. A good understanding have they that do his commandments. Now, wait a minute. You mean we can have a good understanding for those that do his commandments? His praise endureth forever. You know, when you stop and you think about having a good understanding... You do the commandment and you begin to make it work. Now, what we do with people when it comes to their walks, I think that maybe I talked about this in the purpose of temptation. You have got to find a mountain in your life and you have to beat that mountain. You've got to find something in your life that's absolutely pulling you down 
And you've got to stay with that until you beat it. You get it out of your life. And I always tell people, you have to beat one mountain of your life. When you beat that mountain, guess what? The next one's not going to be that tough, but you've got to beat the first one. So I encourage people to understand that. Now, the other side of this thing, in accordance to this, is as you keep the covenant, and after the, after the point of time of keeping it, that these blessings begin to, to pour out upon you and overtake you, and they will, then that in itself will give you understanding. You know, it's kind of like an old coon dog in its own way. That old coon dog sometimes don't seem to be as smart as he is on other times. Now, i got a whale of a nose on him, of course. But that old coon dog gets things figured out eventually. But let's see, if I do this and make the old boy happy, I can get an extra, I can get an extra, uh, uh, bless God, a can of food here. If I don't, I'm not going to get that extra can of food. See, God is the same way, in, in, in generalities anyway, as we would look at this thing and believe that they believe, say, well, you know, okay, if we please the Father, the Bible tells us we must do what? Become Father pleasers. If we please Him, then bless God, huh, maybe the next time around there'll be two blessings in place of just that one. I think the key is to become blessing-minded. See, again, the, the way we think controls what's going on. The Bible says, so a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So if you're thinking that, bless God, you're never going to have blessings, guess what? It's going to be tough to get them. So what we want to begin to have you do is begin the possibility of thinking about the windows of heaven opening up and the blessings of God being poured out upon you to such an extent that, bless God, that you can't even contain all those blessings. Now, how many times has that ever happened to you? Don't everybody jump up and say yay. Can it happen to you? It has to, or this is a lie. But it can't until you covenant with God and adhere unto the covenant. Okay? can't. But when it does, can you imagine what it will do for the kingdom for people up and down your street to hear the story of how you had a need and how God came by the way of an angel and supplied it? Can you imagine? You said, well, I, 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 you know, can you imagine telling people, you know what? I've got so many blessings coming that I'm going to share a few of them. People go, what? Who ever heard of giving blessings away? They're hard enough to receive, let alone think about giving them away, right? So God has set this thing up with saying, okay, boys and girls, look. He said, I will put blessings on you that will hunt you down and overtake you if you'll observe and do all that I command you. So the key is real simple, isn't it? Duh. Why didn't I think of that, Lord? The reason is, is we get thinking wrong about things. We, well, somehow we get to thinking God's way up there somewhere. We're here somehow. God loves us, but after all, you know, He really isn't all that interested in me because He's a lot of other things going on. And that's the first mistake you make. God is completely consumed with you just as He is with all of us. He desires that we be healthy, wealthy, and wise. 
And if we will adhere to this thing, we can become that. If we don't, we can stay in this impossibility mode that we're in, meaning, well, you know, he may do that for the prophet, but I just don't see how he's going to do it with you. Stop thinking that way. Aren't you the front of the bus? Isn't that what the Bible they said? Not the back? Well, if you're the front of the bus, you get off and get the blessings first. The ones in the back of the bus is going to just get whatever might be left, if anything's left. You're in the front. Say, I'm in the front. I'm in the front. Hallelujah. Whew. Isn't that good? Can you imagine that door coming open? They were all rushing out there going, Whew, where's the blessing? And start falling all over them, you know. Everybody falling on top of each other going, the blessings, here they are. Look at them, look at them. Have you ever heard tell of such a thing as that? That the blessings would overtake us. I'm telling you folks, eyes not seen or ear heard or even entered into the heart of man what God's about to do. Hadn't even come. And, and, and the excitement is looking back and saying, do you think it's going to be possible then for us to return and be like the book of Acts? No, 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 that's not going to be possible because we're going to surpass the book of Acts. We're going to take the book of Acts to another level, brothers and sisters. That was a shadow. That was all about what the possibilities of the way God operates. This is the end of the matter, you and I. As I said, we will write the ending to the book. And the Lord God will say amen. Hallelujah. Now, it goes on to say, He sent redemption unto His people, the ninth verse. He hath uh, commanded His covenant forever, holy and revered in His name. The fear of the Lord is in the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do His commandments. Let's get a good understanding, all right? That's what we're wanting, is to be, what to have a good understanding? You bet we are. Let's jump over to 132 of Psalms. 132 of Psalms. You remember when the Lord God talked about, and I'm not sure that I'm going to use that scripture now, so I'll go ahead and probably mess it up with trying to quote it. But when the Lord God got talking about the fact that, that He would drive us, in fact, I do a thing called the bond of the covenant, that He will drive us to the bond of the covenant. You know what that means? That means this generation, here and now, that God is going to drive us to the bond of the covenant. What's the bond of the covenant? I am the Lord thy God. I have made an everlasting covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that will be sent to a thousand generations, which includes us. Now, I'm going to drive you back to it. How's he driving us back to it? Come home, Ephraim. He's nudging us. He's pushing us. He's bringing us day by day by day. And as the excitement of this will gain, and it will in your lives, look out, because what's it going to do? It's going to explode. And that's what God wants it to do. He wants you to gain and to receive. He wants you to receive the excitement that I have. He wants you to receive the, bless God, the hope that this prophet has for each and every one of you. You say, well, yeah, but, you know, prophet, these things have never really worked out for me. Stop thinking like that. That was then. This is now. Say, that was then. This is now. Well, that sounds good, doesn't it? That doesn't count anymore over there. I'm done thinking like that. I'm going to think like I know I should think. I am of the Elijah spirit. 
I am of the anointed of the Lord God. I am here, here and now, to make a difference in these last days on the face of this earth. And I will fulfill what God called me to do on this earth. And you know that that is the cry that God wants all of us to have as we walk here. 132, 11, and 12. The Lord has sworn in truth unto David, he will not turn from it. Of the fruit of thy body will I set upon thy throne. If thy children will keep my covenant and my testimony that I shall teach them, their children shall also sit upon the throne forevermore. Again, the promise is, if the children will keep the covenant and his testimony. Let's go down to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah 24. Oh, I know that the I know that when you get into this thing and you get to studying it, you get to you know as I said, you you get to feel like hey, we got cheated here. What what went on? But again, you know, and I get real excited and real vocal and jumping up and down and screaming and carrying on about all this. But in truth, folks, God truly hid this thing just to see like He hid the, hid Messiah from Judah. This has been hidden, but on the day that was appointed by God, which is this day and this hour. He has now done what? He's now begun to take the scales off of our eyes. Now we have begun to see. So, so we don't want to make it too hard on the fact that, well, we got cheated, we got cheated, but we did get cheated, okay? So we can, uh, we can know that anyway that it is. Five and six. The earth also is defiled under the inhabitants thereof because they have transgressed the laws, changed the ordinance, broken the everlasting covenant. Now it says the earth also is defiled under the inhabitants thereof. The people that are there, because why? They've transgressed the laws, changed the ordinance, broke the everlasting covenant. What's changed the ordinance? Well, we have a Sunday Sabbath, you know, not 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 the Saturday thing. The Jews have, huh? Broken the everlasting covenant. Therefore, hath the curse devoured the earth. Uh oh. Are you saying that the a curse will devour the earth if, in fact, they have transgressed the law and they changed the ordinances, broke the everlasting covenant? That's what it says. And they that dwell therein are desolate, therefore the inhabitants of the earth are burned and few men left. End time scenario. End time scenario. People have asked me all over the country, Brother Decker, do you really believe that there's going to be a, this uh, country annihilated? No, it is going to be annihilated. Will there be nuclear explosions here? Yes, there will be. number of them. Are many, many people going to die? Thousands upon thousands are going to die. What's this about? We broke the covenant. We transgressed the law. There's no remedy any longer because the people wanted it their way and the people didn't want to listen to the prophets of God. What the people wanted was to do it their way. And when I say the people, I mean the church did too. See, the church today, and, and now I'm, I'm, please, I'm not speaking here out of school. I'm just because I'm ignorant. I don't know how many real prophets are involved in churches, okay? But the, most of the prophets, like me, are, have to be involved like this because we have been rejected totally by the church because the church doesn't want this kind of a message. They wouldn't, want the, they wouldn't, they wouldn't accept this message, but they really don't want anybody coming in and turning their little card upside down. Why? Because they don't want the people to get upset and for the people to begin to question their doctrines. They don't want that to happen. They will not allow that to happen. 
And when somebody like me comes along, bless God, it scares, it scares the socks off of them, as they say, but as they say, because of the fact that that's what I do. That's what God has me do. I'll come in and go to preaching before I know it. I'm stepping all over and not even know in the natural what the doctrine is. I just say to the pastor, I said, now pastor, you want to give me the liberty to preach or you want to tell me what I need to stay away from? You better do it now. You better be sure that that's what you want. Oh no, Brother Deckard, you just do whatever God lays in your heart and it'll be fine. You know what? I never had one of those preachers ever ask me to come back again that told me that. What is that? Because they didn't really know or they didn't expect it. That's the reason today when people call me and want me to come to church, I said, are you sure you know what I do? Well, now, you know, a sister such and such was in your meeting somewhere, and I said, no, that don't count. I said, you go to my website, you read all that material, and then you pray about it, and then if you need to, call me back. Do you know how many of us call me back that I asked to do that? Zero. Do I bother calling them? No, no. Silence is golden. It's just better that I leave it alone and they leave it alone because why? They begin to realize. It's sort of like a preacher said one time, actually it was one of his elders said to the pastor, he said, I tried to tell pastor he bit off more than he could chew when he asked you to come. I said, oh, really? He said, yeah. And he said, sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Now what happened was uh, a Baptist pastor invited us to come to minister. We got there, and he probably had a congregation of about 30 or 40 people. And bless God, I, I ministered, and they all got filled up with the Holy Ghost. They got healed and delivered. I said to Pastor, take it, it's yours. He didn't know what to do with it. Well, I'll be calling you. Phone never rang. What happened? I bet he had a whale of a time trying to come up with a reason why that wasn't real. But just as salvation is real, the infillment of the Holy Ghost is real, just as this thing that's going on in your heart is real. See, those aren't things that, bless God, are electives, and those aren't things that, bless God, that we pick and choose. These are things that, bless God, that we are given by God, that, bless God, that we know, that we know, that we know. And listen, that we know that's inside of us, which is our spirit man, will lead you into so many things if you'll just let your heart lead. Let your spirit lead you. That's why I tell people, people say, well, well, you know, I went such as I just wasn't comfortable. Listen to what your spirit is telling you. See, again, we're, we're so far off over here in left field. I think, well, I'll have to wait till the angel comes and we hear the audible voice say, don't go back there. No, you don't. Follow what's going on inside here. This in here will make things right. Donna does a whale of a piece of ministry on let peace be your umpire. The fact of it is, if there's not peace, you don't have to reject it. At least put it up on the shelf or you can pray about it and, and, and see what God is, uh, what God's saying or what God's doing in it. Uh, did I get five? Yeah, I did five and six. Let's do Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55. First verse, Isaiah 55. Ho, everyone that thirsteth come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. That's a pretty good place to be, isn't it? Wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? 
Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear, and come unto me, hear, and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader, and a commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and a nation that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God and for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. Seek ye the Lord, while he may be found, call upon him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy unto him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth bud, the bud, and bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So will my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. And of course, that's big time stuff. For you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you and to singing, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Now, uh, it, it's, it's, it's really neat because he goes on and said, Instead of the thorns shall come up uh, the fir tree. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be the Lord, and it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. That's all again part of those that are willing to come and obey the voice of the Lord God. Now, the, the neat thing about, uh, about Isaiah and the things that, that Isaiah got into, uh, he was, he was, he was very, very, you know, he, well, did he run into some pretty tough stuff? He ran into some big time stuff. Let's go on to the 56th verse, uh, chapter here in 56.1. And it says here, Thus saith the Lord, keepeth ye judgment and do justice. For my salvation is near to me and my righteousness is to be revealed. Blessed is the man that doeth this, and the son of man that layeth hold on it, that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it, and keeping his hand from doing any evil. Now see, there was two things. He said again, blessed is the man that doeth this, and the son of man that layeth hold on it. In other words, the people that bless God can do it, and pass it on that they can get a hold of it. Third verse, neither let the son of a stranger that hath joined himself to the Lord speak, saying, the Lord hath utterly separated me from this people, Neither let the eunuch say, Behold, I am a dry tree. For thus saith the Lord unto the eunuchs that keep my Sabbaths and choose the things that please me and take hold of my covenant. Even unto them will I give, give in my house and within my walls a, a place and a name better than that of sons and of the daughters. I have given them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Now, does that settle the fact that if you make a mistake and maybe you're not of the twelve tribes for the Levites that you still can enter in? Absolutely. You're part of that. Also the sons of the strangers that join themselves to the Lord and to serve Him and to love the name of the Lord, to be His servants. Everyone that keepeth the Sabbath from pleading it and taketh hold of my covenant. There it is again. Even, even them will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in the house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted by mine altar. For mine house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. 
The Lord God which gathereth the outcasts of Israel saith, Yet will I gather others to him besides those that are gathered unto him. And isn't that something? The Lord says he's got room for everybody. And you know, I, I love that about God. But this thing isn't, you know, somehow, somehow, especially in the, in the very beginning of this thing, people kept coming to me and kept saying, well, you know, I belong to a Messianic group, and because I'm not Jewish, I can go, but I really just, there's some things they don't let me participate in. I said, why? Well, that, that's just kind of the way they, 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 they do this thing. I mean, I said, why? I said, that's not Torah. That's not what this thing's about. See, this thing doesn't have anything to do with whether you're a Jew or not. That's the reason I did a thing, what is a Jew, that we did on CD, trying to people get people to understand. Folks, it really doesn't make any difference. The fact of it is, if you're willing to keep covenant, make covenant and keep covenant with God, you become one of His. You become a child. See, I've often said, what constitutes you being a child of God? People sit and they look, and you know, they, I'm sure they ponder and they think about it. But what makes you a child of God? Because you become a Christian? Does that make you a child of God? Uh, honestly, again, if you look at that closely, you're going to find out that becoming a Christian just simply meant that you accepted the extension of the covenant of Christ coming and doing what the law couldn't do so you could get to heaven. Does that make you a child of God and give you the absolute promises of God? Absolutely not. Again, that belongs to the covenant. That belongs unto the God that we serve called Yahweh, the Father. And yet somehow, again, we got this thing all messed up and jumbled up, and so we get to thinking. And as I said, I know the one thing that disturbs the church very, very much is when I make the statement about the 91st Psalm, as I said before. They, oh, they get riled up over that. How dare you say that? How can you ever say that, that we don't have the 91st Psalm? I said, well, where is it at then? Where does this thing take place? Well, jump over there with me to Psalms, uh, Psalms 91. I said, where's this at? If, that, if this is true, I said, let's, let's examine this thing and let's try to get this thing, uh, let's try to get this thing right. Should have got you there. Now there I told you I wasn't going to have you jumping back and forth and here we go. Well, bless God, all till the night service, all right? 91.1 says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and Him will I trust. Surely He hath delivered thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noise pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers, and, and under His wings shall thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for terror by night, nor by arrow that flieth by day, nor by the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy right side, ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with the eyes, only with thine eyes, that thou shalt behold and see the reward of the wicked. Behold, thou hast made the Lord, which is his refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. It goes on, but that is the promise in the 91st Psalm. No evil will befall you. There's no, no, there's not going to be any H5M1 even come near your home. Now folks, that's what I want for me and my family. That's what I'm going to have for me and my family because I made my mind up and I coveted with God years ago. 
and I serve Him, and I have served Him for years. And it's like I said, if it didn't work at all for me, I can't stand up here and, and even act like it could work for you. And I've had people say, well, you know, I, I, I just don't know. Well, you're not going to know until you, until you work it. You know what I'm saying? Until you apply this thing to your life, you're not going to know whether it's going to work or not. But let me tell you something. It's like beating one mountain in your life. Once you see it work, it'll never stop working unless you defile it. Okay? You defile it, then you're going to be in trouble with it. Let's go to Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Boy, I love Jeremiah. He's a... Yeah, well, he's a... Well, let's just put it this way. Bless God. He didn't mess around with him either, did he? Jeremiah 11, I'm sorry. Jeremiah 11. And let's do the third verse here. Actually, let's start in the first verse. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah from the, from the Lord, saying, Hear ye the words of this covenant, and speak unto the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and say thou unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Cursed be the man that obeyeth not the words of his covenant. There he's saying it, isn't he? You know, you know that's strong when you, when you hear that, cursed be the man, which I commanded your fathers in the day that I brought them forth out of the land of Egypt from the iron furnace, saying, Obey my voice, and do them according to all which I command you, so shall you be my people, and I will be your God, that I may perform the, the, the oath which I have sworn to your fathers, to give them a land flowing with milk and honey, as it is this day. Then answered I and said, So be it, O Lord. Then the Lord said it to be proclaim all the words in the cities of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem, saying, Hear ye the words of this covenant and do them. For I earnestly protested unto your fathers in that day that I brought them out, up out of the land of Egypt, even unto this day, rising early and protesting, saying, Obey my voice. Yet they obeyed not nor inclined their ear, but walked every one in his imagination of their evil heart. Therefore I will bring upon them all the words of this covenant which I commanded them to do, but they did them not. Now, you know, that, that, gets to be, that gets to be quite a, a thing. When you, when you believe this stuff, and you minister this stuff, then you can begin to understand how they must have felt about it. Once, the, once revelation knowledge comes to you, what's revelation knowledge? It's knowledge given by God, straight from the throne room of God, brought to you in whatever form in which He speaks to you in, all right, that gives you direction, gives you understanding. And once that understanding comes to you by revelation knowledge, guess what? A team of wild horses can't take that away from you. So when God brings revelation knowledge to us, then bless God, we're now we're now into a place that we're accountable, okay? To know it to do good and to do it not is sin. So once revelation knowledge comes and this thing opens up to you and you begin to say, oh, yeah, yeah, that's going to work for me. I, I Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Then guess what? You now know the truth. You now know the truth. And there's too many people that bless God that have known the truth or that walk in the truth that bless God that have turned themselves from the truth. Now let me give you an example of that. The charismatic movement, they began to, some of them leave the movement and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, they went back into some of them into Baptist churches, some of them went back into the Methodist churches, some of them went here, some of them went there, some went on to, uh, to maybe some Pentecostal churches. But here's what I said. You can't back up 
Revelation knowledge only goes this way, if that's forward, okay? It doesn't go backwards. It doesn't, Revelation knowledge doesn't do this. Revelation knowledge takes you here. So if Revelation knowledge and the infillment of the Holy Ghost has come to you, and bless God that you're going forward and all of a sudden you decide to go back to the Methodist church, you just started doing this. Why? They don't believe in the infillment of the Holy Ghost. Their doctrine is not your doctrine. Their God may be your God, but the fact of it is that you know truth. The Bible says it is the truth that will what? That will make you free. It's the truth that will do that. So once you receive the truth, you don't go back this way because why? Now, and you know, there's another, another point in fact to ponder, all right? It could very, very well be, folks, that again, that you're, that, that you're embracing blaspheming the Holy Ghost by denying. Because you see, when you start denying, and is that denying? When you start going somewhere, and, this, and I'm speaking to some of you here in this room, you start going somewhere and sitting in their services, you are in agreement with that doctrine. Whether you say, oh, I don't believe in it or not, you're there, aren't you? And what's being ministered is going into your spirit, is it not? Yes, it is. If it's going into your spirit, then it's going to come up full-time seed at some time or another that you're going to have to deal with. So you're accountable. That's the reason over and over again people hear me say, you're better off to stay home, study the material, and grow up. Then you are to get into, get into these churches, get into these churches which bless God that don't believe like you believe because all they're doing is hindering your belief. They're pulling down what you believe. They're trying to, you know, they're, 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 they're well, now, now, Brother Deckard, I know I've got the Holy Ghost. I go to church that doesn't believe in healing, and I know that. How often are you sick? Quite often. Wonder why. Because you're trying to do what? You're trying to mix something with something else that won't mix. So therefore, as I tell people, you know, come out from that whore. Come out from them. They don't like that. The church doesn't like to hear uh, me talk like that. But the fact of the matter is, folks, we're going on this way. If that's forward, you know, we'll pretend that's forward. We've come from there. I ain't going back that way, okay? I know what back there. You know, many times we have to experience things that we don't want before we can find the things that we do. Amen? We've all been there. We've all been in those positions where, bless God, that we've got ourselves all wound up. We've got moving into this thing, and bless God, uh, well, boy, I know one thing. I'm not going to go that, that doctrine there. I can't, you know, I'm moving on. And like I said, some of us have moved through a lot of stuff to get to the place we are today. But you see, again, that, that has a whole lot to do with just what God, as I said, is doing in our hearts. And he's done it in your heart. He's done it in my heart. He's done it in everybody's heart. Now, if you will, go with me to Jeremiah 33. Jeremiah 33. I want to show you in, starting the first verse, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time, while he was yet shut up in the court of the prison, saying, Thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof, and the Lord that formed it to establish it, the Lord is his name. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Boy, that's some stuff, isn't it? You mean to tell me that you can call upon the Lord God and He will show you great and mighty things which you don't know? You bet He can. And will He? Absolutely He will. Why? Because if He doesn't show it to us, what's He going to do with it? Amen? He wants you to have that. 
But you see, how many times, well, folks, I've had this underlined in every Bible that I've ever owned from the time I began, serving the Lord God. And I would turn to this thing day after day, and I'd say, Lord, I'm calling unto you. And you said you would answer me. You'll show me great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Now, let me tell you something. That went real well for, I don't know, three or four years. And then all of a sudden, these visions really started coming. I quit praying that prayer. You know, you know what I mean? Well, maybe I didn't want to know all that stuff like I thought I wanted to know. But it kept coming, all right? But the fact of it is, I thought, God is capable of this, folks. This is what He wants to do. In other words, He's saying, look, there's not anything too big for me. You need a, you need a river open? to open a river. You need water that's undrinkable to drink? I can do that. You need food on the table? I'll put it there. What is it that you need? See, and I, I don't think enough of us realize that God wants to meet our needs. In fact, if, 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 if He can be glorified through meeting our needs if our hearts are right after we receive the needs, that we will go out and we'll publicize the fact that look what this God that we serve has done for me. Look what He has taken at, at this and this area and done this and this area for me. Look what He has done because I cried out in the Lord my God and He came and He... He performed these mighty deeds for me. And isn't it exciting to think that we can be part of that? Absolutely it is. Let's, let's go on down through here. Uh, he said, uh, I'm sorry, let's go to 20. I'm sorry, verse 20 of Jeremiah 33. Thus saith the Lord, if ye can break my covenant of the day and my covenant of the night, that were, should not be day and night in their season. He said, now, if you can do that, he said, now, just let me tell you something. If, if that can be done, okay, then may also my covenant be broken with David, my servant, that he should not have a son to reign upon his throne, and with the Levites, the priests, my ministers. Now, boy, that is quite... A, in other words, how hard is it to break that covenant? It can't be broken. He said, if you, can, if you can change the covenant that I set to place day is day and night is night, if you can, if you can break that, then, then my covenant with David can be broken. But if you can't, and you can't, then it will never be broken. And that's really what he's saying. And, and I'm here to tell you that, 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 bless God, when you begin to realize, again, the strength of this thing. This thing is so strong that it never, now listen to me, it never stopped working. Uh, when, when I go back and I begin to realize the very, the very thing that we, we, we read that God said first was just merely, let there be light. And there was light that appeared. And then He did the things that He did in the six days that He did them. And then He said, look folks, I'm going to make a deal with you here. The seventh day I rested from all the work. I want this to happen for a perpetual covenant throughout your generations. I seal it with, I am the Lord thy God. And then we, again, and I'm sorry that I get so aggravated when I say, why couldn't the Christians go back and just do a little bit of investigation in trying to find somebody that could read Hebrew and, bless God, go back and interpret this stuff and understand some of it? But you see, Somehow or other, we just weren't interested in that. And somehow we just thought that this book that we're reading out of tonight here, 
and, and mine's the King James Version, that that's just the way, that was it. That's exactly what God said. And you've heard me say, even that, which probably is the best of interpretations, is far from being good. You know what I'm saying? It's far from being good. So, you know, we as Christians, we just, you know, we just go along like a bunch of dumb sheep. Bah, bah, bah. Lead us over, bah. No Sabbath, bah. Sabbath on Sunday, bah. Some Sabbath sometime, bah. Kind of like the rabbi said to me, what do you people believe? Had me there, folks. There was nothing I could do. I'm sorry. I defended the covenant. I defended the, I defended Torah. But when it came to that one, there was nothing I could say. I said, I, I'm not really sure what we believe. He said, well, the one said, well, you know, one of you baptized one way, one baptized the other way. One of you think you got to be, bless God, dunked. There were another bunch of things you got, you can be sprinkled. What do you people believe? He said, you got so many beliefs, how does anybody believe anything? I said, well, every once in a while, somebody comes up with a new one. If you don't like any money, how about meeny mo? We change it all. I mean, if you don't like it, stick around. We'll change it. We'll find something somebody likes. And you know, through the years, I I I wish we could could put together a film that would absolutely go through an hour and a half or so of of showing all the different sects of religion that we've had and all the different things that are going on. Now listen to this. I don't know, I'm going to be in trouble, but I riding home tonight, but I'm going to tell this anyway. There's some things that just best talked about in the other room, and I know that, but I, I want you to understand stupidity. Let's don't go with that. A friend of mine came to me and he said, uh, Brother Deckard, we're going over to such and such tonight to hear Brother such and such. And I said, oh, you are? He said, you want to go? And I said, no. no. I said, I don't have time to go. Um, but I said, uh, that's great. And so the guy went, and a few weeks later I ran into him, and I said to him, I said, what uh, what did you uh, get done over there? And he looked at me, and he looked down, and he said, I'd rather not talk about it. I said, what do you mean you wouldn't want to talk about it? He said, brother, it was inner sanctification. I said, well, that sounds like an important thing. He said, well, let me tell you how important it was. You went to the store and bought an enema. Now listen to me. You and your wife went into the bathroom and took an enema. I said, what did you do? He said, I took my wife and went out the door. Does that sound stupid? I hope so. Was that a church? Yes, it was. Was there a number of people in there? Too many. They had the cleanest colons in the, in the county, though. But folks, can you, um, you said, well now, wait a minute, I'm not that stupid, I'd never get involved, let's, let's pray to God you wouldn't. But you know the sad thing? Some did. And I'm going, that was a church? Oh yes. The man said that the Lord God appeared to him in person and told him. I said, well my bet is it wasn't God. He said, well I'll guarantee you my bet was it wasn't God. What will they think of next? I was down in a, on an island. Got to know some brothers and 
And this one brother kept calling himself the apostle. And he came to me and he said, I am the apostle such and such. And I said, oh, okay, okay. He said, well, I want to come and talk to you because he said, I know being a prophet that there's things that God, you know, shows you. And he said, I just want to confirm the fact that I do believe you're a real prophet. And I said, well, then what are you here for then? He said, well, I, you know, he said, I want you to confirm that I'm a real apostle. I said, ah, well, I'm not, I'm not into that. I said, if the anointing comes on me in a service and, and I don't know you, then you might hear it. But I said, to come here to the door and say that, I said, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going there. So time went by, and, and about, I don't know, the next time I was around, um, he shows up again. He said, uh, thus saith the mouth of God. He said, uh, this and this and this is about to happen. I said, no, that's not going to happen. And he said, uh, oh, but he said, God appeared to me. And I said, let me tell you something. God's appeared to you several times, but it's not God. There has been a spirit, a familiar spirit that's overtaken. Well, he, you know, he got mad and, 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 and he left. A few months later, I'm back on that island. And all of a sudden, somebody comes and says to me, do you know the apostle such and such? And I said, yeah, he's dead. I said, he's dead? He said, yeah, he said, that he's dead. I said, well, how did he die? He said, well, uh, you know, I don't know how he died for sure. He said, I think I was told, they're telling it was a heart attack, but he said, here's the, here's the strange thing about it. He said, he began to baptize people in the ocean naked. Now, folks, let me tell you something. Bab baptism is a holy thing. Now, I don't know this for the Holy Ghost. It was an out-and-out -out guest, nor by an angel. But I said to this man, I said, my bet is he defiled things, and that was the end of that. He said, I think that's exactly what I believe too, Brother Deckard. He said, I think this guy got off the foreign left field, and he got people following after him, and he got to doing all this stuff this way, that way, and whatever way. And when it comes to touching the holy thing of baptism, God said, I don't think so. And he's gone. You can't touch the holy thing, folks. You know, it's like I said, this is for us Jews, this is a bema. To you, it's a pulpit. These are holy things. When you assume the responsibility of walking behind one of these, then I got news for you, then you are responsible. And you're responsible for everything that happens while you're there and in charge and have the authority there behind the bema. It's a dangerous thing because you're accountable for everything that you say, everything that you do, and everything that you think. And yet we have got people that's getting behind these holy things, all right, that haven't been tried neither by fire or any other means, that are coming behind these because, oh, that somebody said, I think it's time for you to minister. You're going to find out that, that this thing has a responsibility that will take you to an early grave if you're not real careful. You're going to be hard-pressed to see this preacher pour oil upon anybody and lay hands on them and bring them into the ministry unless God tells me to do that. And I'm absolutely, without a shadow of turning, completely against any point, shape, and time you know, I'm around people who said, well, you know, Brother Deckard, I've, I've, been, I've been to ministry for a year. I said, how long have you been saved? Two. What do you think they can know in, in, in uh, two years? 
Well, I went to all the right meetings and I bought the right books. Well, whoop-dee-doo. You couldn't have gone through enough trials and tribulations in two years. Listen to me, to be the janitor in the basement of one of my churches. You understand what I'm saying? This thing isn't for, oh, look at me. They finally decided I've arrived. No, no. With fear, with trembling, oh, I wanted to be back here behind here so quick to bless God that I was just so sure within a few months after I was saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, prophesied over with two or more mouths as witnesses about the prophetic ministry in my life. I, I'm ready, turn me loose. Then one day I tried to decide what I would preach if somebody had me to preach. That was tough. Because I couldn't come up with anything. You know why? Because I didn't know anything. I'll never forget, I went home, turned on one of them little tape recorders they had back in those days. You hit the two buttons and it plays, starts recording. I thought, well, I'll just practice here a little bit while nobody's in the house. Dear God in heaven right now, turn to page number, well, I didn't know what page it was, so I just made one up. That was the best part of the sermon. <laughs> Got around the old prophet and thought for sure that within just a week or two he would recognize the greatness in my life and the ministry. It only took about six years for him to come up with that. Oh, he recognized the, the, the possibility of me having a prophetic ministry. But he also realized something else about me. Unless a racehorse is broken right, you'll run it. Prophets are thoroughbreds. And if you're not brought up right, you're going to be ruined. And if you think you can bring yourself up right, the sun will come up in the west tomorrow morning instead of the east. Pretty tough, isn't it? How can you talk like that? Been there. I've seen it. And I know what's going on with it. You're in the right mind and want to be a prophet anyway. I said something on one of the tables here this today, and I said, well, bless God, nobody likes us. And somebody said, well, I don't think they're supposed to like prophets, are they? <laughs> or maybe it was, maybe it was, well, they never have been liked. But anyway, I took it kind of like, I went, yeah, I guess so. You know, I guess I guess I guess you. Yeah. So we're God, what, what, what's this about? This is about you. It's about a living God. And it's about getting it right. Okay? So, as we bring these fellowships, and there again, there's, no, there's nobody in this room that doesn't have the quality to be able to be part within ministry somewhere. There's a lot of facets of ministry, folks. But I'm going to tell you one thing. There can only be one head. Hey, thank you again so much. That's Prophet Tom Deckard, Mount Carmel, Illinois, Cradle of Hope Ministries. Again, you can get more information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. Get out there, do yourself a favor, find out what's going on here, and you won't be disappointed. So, again, you can also get more. All the tape series is out there on the website for you to get a hold of. I greatly encourage you to get all that. You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com, and we'll be praying for your prayer request. Again, that's cradle at jewishprophet.com. Shalom. Until next week, remember, with God, 